Welcome to Episode 7 of The Spirit of the Forest. To enjoy this episode, you must be accompanied by the anatomically correct, inflatable Rush Limbaugh listening companion that was included in the package containing this audio cassette tape. If you did not receive your listening companion, make sure you send $5 and a self-addressed stamped envelope to the Spirit of the Forest's World Production Headquarters in Corvallis, Oregon. In three to five business weeks, you will receive a detailed apology on our state-of-the-art computer drafting paper. Let's get started. Step 1. Take the anatomically correct, inflatable Rush Limbaugh listening companion and put your lips to the anus or to the mouth and begin to blow. You will notice the apparatus works best when full of hot air. As there is little difference between what exits the blow-up companion's anus and mouth, either hole is sufficient to properly inflate your listening companion. Step 2. Plug in the IV machine that arrived with your order. You will notice the settings for OxyContin, generic pain medication, and methadone. Please adjust the settings to OxyContin. Place the IV needle into one of the arms of your already inflated listening companion and step back at least 2 meters. You may notice erratic movements on your listening companion apparatus. Step 3. Wait 5 to 23 seconds. You will know your listening companion is ready as soon as it speaks and the eyelids appear to open. The liberals are to blame with their Messiah Obama <laughs> They're communists! Warning. Do not expose your anatomically correct inflatable Rush Limbaugh listening companion to any science books, charts, graphs, or any form of data, facts, or otherwise academic curriculum. The Spirit of the Forest's production office will not be held liable for the results or for any injury resulting from unauthorized or unintended use. If you accidentally expose your listening companion to any sort of non-fiction material, fact sheets, or other data based on any form of reality, quickly deflate the device, set fire to it, and dispose of the remains according to local, county, and state ordinances concerning toxic and harmful material. Step 4. Sit upright next to your listening companion and place one arm in friendship fashion around the apparatus's shoulder at no less than a 50-degree angle. Pick a position that is comfortable and remain motionless throughout the duration of the following episode. Do not attempt to spoon with your inflatable Rush Limbaugh listening companion. You are now ready to listen to Episode 7 of The Spirit of the Forest.
The Spirit of the Forest is an audio drama experimental narratives based on the absurdity, sadness, and normalcy of modern life. Various uh, vignettes, scenarios, a lot of improv acting based on just brief scenarios. We don't person just kind of work with it. But I've also recorded some people and individuals who have something to get or something on you. Uh, even, what was you? you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's, I have no, you know, it, it, it's, I try to follow somewhat of a, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's formula, you know, it, it, it's, but I, you know, it, it, formula, you know, I like that it's developed into a lot of different stars. and if one, and listen to episode six, you have similarities, but also real, some differences, and it's so much fun, because I'm a former radio producer. You both are looking down, why? Oh, I didn't want to interfere. We didn't want to interfere with your recording, sir. Oh, I didn't want to interfere. Didn't want to interfere. We didn't want to interfere with your recording, sir. Didn't want to interfere. We didn't want to interfere with your recording, sir. Didn't want to interfere. I don't speak in Morse code. Oh, that's right. Um, I'm not really thinking about anything right now. Send it at your way, bro. Send it at your way, man. It's going all right. For the most part, this is like the first time I've done it, so I don't really know. Uh, you call it Dexing? Yeah, it's it's fucking uh, the shit they put in the like cough syrup and shit. Yeah, I took a bunch of that. So how do you feel? Like a lot of it. How do you feel? Um, it's hard to describe. It's uh, it's not like being drunk or high on weed. It's different than that. It's uh. Disassociative. That's kind of how I feel. It's honestly neither. It, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel bad. I don't, but uh, shit thing is, I might have to go up to the fucking hospital to see my grandma because she might fucking die tonight. 
or something. I don't know. And I'm high as, I'm fucking tripping. I'm high as balls right now. And I might have to go up to the hospital. Yeah, I'm, there's no fucking way I'm driving like this. No fucking way. Yeah, I was gonna show you. I drink, I took like 40 of these. Like 40 of those and. Robitussin. Drink, drink a whole bottle of uh, cough syrup of the same brand. And uh, it's like. 600 something milligrams of Dex. And that's like a fucking lot. So you're so, so you're robo tripping. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what they call it. I've never never done that. I know some kids in high school who did, but I never did that. And this is your first time, is it? You said. Yeah, I've I've, I've taken shrooms before though, and this is uh this is not like that. Yeah, not like that at all. Shrooms is more fun. Tell you. Have you ever tripped on? I've actually seen. What? Have you ever tripped on LSD? Either acid or LSD. I want to try either one. I, I, I think they're the same thing. I, I went and looked in the mirror a little while ago. My, uh, my pupils are pretty, like, fucking dinner plates right now. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm not anything, though. I had, like, a second or two while I was talking to you while I felt a little nauseated. But so far, it hasn't been that bad. Last time I got drunk, I fucking threw up all over the place, all over this guy's car, like in the middle of the street. It was crazy. Two years ago, I was just like, man, I'm done. But now I'm sitting here robo, robo tripping, so I guess, you know. Yeah. You should, you should give it a try, though. I mean, it's not... I wouldn't say it's bad. It's a... It's a like a unique feeling. I don't know how to explain it though. It's that, they say it's a dissociative and it's definitely that. Like you don't feel like, uh, like when I look at myself on the camera, like I don't, I don't think that's me for some reason. I don't know, it's weird. I don't feel like that's me. But it, it amplifies sound too. I don't know if that's like a side effect, but it feels like I fucking hear everything. Like a pin drop. And you get this, uh, like this really intense, like, buzzing feeling. I think it's starting to ratchet up a little bit, though. I keep hearing this fucking clicking in my head. The fuck, I keep hearing this clicking in my head. What if I told you the clicking was not just in your head, but real? What the fuck? It's starting to freak, kind of 
this before God gave you and me as human beings authority he gave us dominion over everything on this earth over all the animals all the snakes all the birds all the plants all the vegetables cocaine is a product of a vegetable alcohol is a product of a vegetable Marijuana is a vegetable, and yet people are enslaved to vegetables, and you were made in the image of God. God made you in his image to reign and rule with him. He gave you incredible authority. Why would you become a slave to a vegetable? Why? Why? Why would you do it? Why? You say, well, you don't understand. Yeah, I understand. I've seen a lot of stuff going over the years that I've lived. A lot of people have a lot of problems. But I'll tell you one thing. God Almighty can deliver you from the bondage of your addiction, your slavery to vegetables. Your slavery to vegetables. People are enslaved to vegetables. Marijuana is a vegetable.
내가 유럼 내가 비즈니스 쪽으로 하잖아 내가 수학인데 액츄얼은 비즈니스 쪽이란 말이야 파이낸스 쪽은 비즈니스 쪽이니까 이름 있는 대학 안 나오면 이름 있는 대학 나오면 좋아 내 욕심이 있으니까 We traverse a landscape made up of fauna, jagged rocks, glowing sand, and remains of Douglas fir trees. Like any landscape, it has dimension, depth, inherent worth, its own sense of place, and the element of imagination. We step aside to the nearest activity at the edge of the forest. This is rickshaw diaries. Would you like a ride? I'm already there, thank you. you like a ride? No, I'm good, man. You guys want a ride? No, thanks. You guys want a ride? Arrive in style or walk a mile. You guys want a ride? Excuse me, would you guys like a ride? Yep, we're good, thanks. Need a ride? Head the wrong way. I got this really cool feature called turning. Just installed it last week. Would you like to utilize it? Excuse me, would you like a ride? Would you like a ride? Can I interest you in a ride? Excuse me, sir. Would you like a ride? Come join us. Would you guys like a ride? We can go on a tour of the forest. You guys, want a ride? Would you like a ride? I could take you there. It'll be fun. Come on, just you and me. How's it going? Need a ride? How about you, son? Would you like a ride? Free? I mean, I don't have any money. You don't have your wallet, well. I'll give you some free coffee, though. Th that you've been backwashing in? Actually, I just only took one sip. Stay tuned for more of this week's episode of Rickshaw Diaries. I reached out to embrace the void. There was nothing there. Most everything is void. Most everything is empty space. Even the most dense of matter is mostly the empty space between subatomic particles. Most everything is nothing at all. Nothing at all.
you guys like a ride? You guys want a ride? You guys want a ride? We're good, thank you. You want a ride? You guys want a ride? Would you guys like a ride? Uh, no thanks. Would you like a ride? I'm good, thanks. It'll be fun. Sorry, it's I can help you get going. I'm good. Not. I haven't had the best experience with one of those. Would you gals like a ride? You guys want a ride? I'm all right, thank you. Excuse me, sir, would you like a ride? I'm like literally 10 feet from where I'm headed. I see. Want a ride? <laughs> would you care for a ride, miss? Would you like a ride? No, I heard like, it's like a joke. Like, you're gonna get it. Guys, want a ride? Are you doing okay with the series and stuff? Guys, want a ride? We're okay, thank you. Would you like a ride? Would you like a ride? No, thank you. Excuse me, sir, would you like a ride? Might I interest you in a ride? I'm good. I got it right here. Would you like a ride? Would you, would you guys like a ride? I'm good, thank you. You guys need a ride? Need a ride? I'm good, thank you though. Need a ride? Need a ride? Okay, thank you though. Need a ride? Would you guys like a ride? Oh, thank you. Need a ride? You guys want to ride? I'm literally 10 feet away from where I'm going. Uh, literally Sorry. 10 feet away. This has been another edition of Rickshaw Diaries.
fucking kill you, man. What the fuck, man? Why didn't you bring up to our call? They're trying to call you for capture. Man, you know, you know, get our cab. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the hell? Who this? Who's this? That's what I want to know. Who this? Who this? Well, I don't you know. Me, man. I don't know, man. You left me a voicemail. You left me a voicemail. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Sorry. Nah, it was you, man. I got your number. Anyways, I produce an audio drama, and I'd like to use it. I'd like to use the audio from that. Do I have your permission to do that? Uh, you do not. No. Okay. Well, I'm going to do it anyways. So, okay, well, hope, I hope you tune in. Permission to do that. I'm, I'm going to do it. So, tune into episode 7. And uh, you'll get to hear it. It'll be cool. Great, man. Alright, peace. supposed to be in summer now. I mean, spring. Those are some big shoes you got on, kid. I'm gonna do my thing right now, okay? What was that? It was my thing. That I get to hit this button for the camera button. Or start it with just this one. Now reverse with this one. Cool, can you do it together now? Yeah. Pretty we're, neat. Now we're gonna do the street squeaking on the trailer. Well, what are you doing these sounds for? These are for uh, the, spirit of the, the spirit of the sport, the spirit of the forest. It's gonna be the spirit of the forest Echo 2, okay? Echo 2? Yeah. Okay. That's a cool name for it. <clears throat> Probably doesn't have any more squeaks left, so. Yeah. We can record the birds. We can record my. What does this have to do with the forest? Well, it's gonna be. You can record the birds now. There sure are a lot of birds out today, aren't there? Listen to them. Yeah.
right outside our own front door. What do you think? Mm -hmm. I think we recorded a lot of stuff that we I got. Well, thanks for your help. You're welcome. Because I got we're recording my phones. I definitely know you wouldn't, wouldn't listen to a popping the popping Look at our friendly cat here. Hello. My friend cat, wow, she's kind of better than our cat. When Old Man Laris, bookkeeper with D.M. Donaldson Corporation, went out of the store, he stood for some minutes, dazzled by the brilliancy of the setting sun. He had toiled all day under the ugly, boring, fluorescent glow of the office at the end of the rear shop on the court which was as narrow and deep as a well. The little room in which for forty years he had spent his days was so dark that even in the middle of summer they could hardly turn the lights off from eleven to three o'clock. It was always cold and damp there, and the emanations from that sort of hole on which the window looked came into the gloomy room filling it with an odor moldy and sewer-like. Mr. Laris, for forty years, arrived at eight o'clock in the morning at this prison, and he remained until seven at night, bent over his books, writing with the faithfulness of a good employee. He now earned $21.66 per hour, having started with $12.03. He had remained unmarried, his means not permitting him to take a wife, and never having enjoyed anything he did not desire much. From time to time, nevertheless, weary of his monotonous and continuous work, he made a platonic vow. If I had $30 an hour, I would enjoy life. He had never enjoyed life, never having had more than his monthly salary. His existence passed without events, without emotion, and almost without hopes. The faculty of dreaming, which everyone has in him, had never developed in the mediocrity of his ambitions. He had entered the employ of the D.M. Donaldson Corporation at 21 years of age, and he never left it. In 1985, he had lost his father, then his mother in 1988. And since then, he had experienced nothing but a removal, his landlord having wanted to raise his rent. Every day, his morning alarm clock, exactly at 6 o'clock, made him jump out of his bed by its terrible racket. Hey, you freaking wad, get up and take on the day. Hey, you freaking wad, get up and take on the day. Hey, you freaking wad, get up and take on the day. Twice, however, this machine had run down in 1995 and again in 2003 without his ever knowing why. He dressed, made his bed, swept his room, dusted his armchair, and the top of his commode. All these duties required an hour and a half. Then he went out, bought a microwaved biscuit at the Another Day Bakery, which had a dozen different proprietors without losing its name, and he set out for the office, eating the biscuit on the way. His whole existence was thus accompanied in the narrow, dark office, which was adorned with the same wallpaper. He had entered the employee Young, an assistant to Mr. Berment, and with the desire of taking his place. He had taken his place, and expected nothing further. 
All that harvest of memories which other men make during their lives, the unforeseen events, the sweet or tragic love affairs, the adventurous journeys, all the hazards of a free existence, had been strange to him. The days, the weeks, the months, the seasons, the years, were all alike. At the same hour every day he rose, left the house, arrived at the office, took his luncheon, went away, dined, and retired without ever having interrupted the monotony of the same acts, the same deeds, and the same thoughts. Formerly, he looked at his blonde mustache and curly hair in the little round glass left by his predecessor. He now looked every morning, before going out, at his white mustache and his bald head in the same glass. Forty years had flown, long and rapid, empty as a day of sorrow, and like the long hours of a bad night, forty years of which nothing remained, not even a memory, not even a misfortune since the death of his parents, nothing. That day, old man Laris stood dazzled at the street door by the brilliancy of the setting sun, and instead of returning to his house, he had the idea of taking a little walk before dinner, something he did maybe four or five times a year. He reached the riverfront path, where many people were passing under the budding trees. It was an evening in springtime, one of those first soft, warm evenings which stir the heart with the intoxication of life. Old man Laris walked along with his mincing old man's step, with a gaiety in his eye, happy with the unusual joy and the mildness of the air. He reached the confluence of the Willamette River and the Mary's River, and proceeded reanimated by the odors of youth which filled the breeze. The whole sky glowed. To the west, Mary's Peak stood with its dark mass against the shining horizon like a giant struggling in a conflagration. When he had nearly reached the stupendous confluence, the old bookkeeper felt hungry and decided to go into town to a wine shop to dine. They served him in front of the shop on the sidewalk, a sheep's foot stew, a salad, and some asparagus, and old man Laris had the best dinner he had had in a long while. He washed down his brie cheese with a small bottle of Pinot Noir. He drank a cup of coffee, which seldom occurred to him, and finally, a tiny glass of brandy. When he had paid, he felt quite lively and brisk, even a little perturbed. He said, I'll continue my walk, as far as the entrance to Avery Park. It will do me good. He started. An old air which one of his neighbors used to sing long ago came to his mind. When the park grows green and gay, then does my brave lover say, Come with me, my sweet and fair, to get a breath of air. He hummed it continually, beginning it over and over, again and again. Night had fallen upon Corvallis, a night without wind, a night of sweet calm. Old man Laris walked across the Mary's River footbridge and watched all the pedicabs pass. They came with their bright bike lights, one after another, giving a fleeting glimpse of a couple embracing, the woman in light-colored dress, and the man clad in black. It was a long procession of lovers, 
driving under the starry and sultry sky. They kept arriving continually. They passed, reclining in the pedicabs, silent, pressed to one another, lost in the hallucination, the emotion of desire, in the excitement of the approaching culmination. The warm darkness seemed full of floating kisses. A sensation of tenderness made the air languishing and stifling. All these embracing people, all these persons intoxicated with the same intention, the same thought, caused a fever around them. All these pedicabs, full of caresses, diffused as they passed, as it were, a subtle and disturbing emanation. Old man Laris, a little wearied, finally, by walking, took a seat on a bench to watch all these pedicabs loaded with love. And almost immediately, a woman came near to him and took her place at his side. He saw a number of these women, clad to the nines in spandex, which revealed the truth. Indeed, these were not women. You looking for a date? He did not reply. She continued. How about it? You looking for a date? Looking for a good time, huh? You're mistaken, madam. And she took his arm. Come here. Don't be a fool. You and me, we'll go behind the building over there. He had risen and gone away, his heart oppressed. A hundred steps further, another so-called woman approached him. Hi, hi, hi. I'll pee in your mouth for twenty bucks. Be in mine for ten. He said to her, oh, Why do you lead such a life? Well, it isn't all about my pleasure. About yours, too. He continued in a soft voice. Then what compels you? She. Hey, a girl's got to make a living somehow, right? And she went away. Old man Lara stood astonished. Other supposed women passed near him, similarly accosting him. Pee in your mouth for 15 bucks. Hey, you looking for a good time? Hey, looking for a date? Want to have a good time? I've got an old mattress in the alley. It seemed to him that something dark was setting upon his head, something heartbreaking. And he seated himself again on a bench. The pedicabs kept hurrying by. I shouldn't have even come here. This is too much. He began to think on all this love, venal or passionate, on all these kisses, bought or free, which streamed before him. All this love, venal or passionate, all these kisses bought or free, all passing in front of me. I don't even know what love is. He never had had more than two or three sweethearts in all his life, his means not permitting. And he thought of that life which he had led, so different from the life of all, his life so dark, so dull, so flat, so empty. There are beings who truly never have any luck. And all at once, as if a thick veil had been lifted, he perceived the misery, the infinite monotonous misery of his existence. The past misery, the present misery, the future misery, the last days like the first with nothing before him, nothing behind him, nothing around him, nothing in his heart, nothing anywhere. The pedicabs kept passing. He saw appearing and disappearing in the rapid flight of the open rickshaw, two beings, silent and embracing. 
It seemed to him that the whole of humanity was filing before him, intoxicated with joy, with pleasure, with happiness, and he was alone, looking on at it, all alone. He would still be alone tomorrow, alone always, alone as no one else is alone. He rose, took a few steps, and suddenly fatigued, as if he had walked for many miles, he sat down on the next bench. What was awaiting him? What did he hope for? Nothing. Nothing. He thought how good it must be when a man is old to find on getting home little prattling children there. To grow old is sweet when a person is surrounded by those beings who owe him their life, who love him, who caress him, saying those charming foolish words which warm the heart and console him for everything. And thinking of his empty room, neat and sad, where never a person entered but himself, a feeling of distress overwhelmed his soul. It seemed to him that room was more lamentable even than his little office. No one came to it. No one spoke in it. It was dead, silent, without the echo of a human voice. One would say that the walls had something of the people who lived within, something of their look, their face, their words. The houses inhabited by happy families are more gay than the habitations of the wretched. His room was empty of memories, like his life. My room is empty of memories, like my life. The thought of going back to that room, all alone, sleeping in my bed, doing it all again tomorrow, it's fucking terrifying. And as if to put himself further away from this gloomy lodging, and from the moment when he would have to return to it, he rose, and finding all at once the first pathway of the park, he entered a clump of woods to sit upon the grass. He heard round about him, above him, everywhere, a confused sound, immense and continuous, made of innumerable different voices near and far. A vague and enormous palpitation of life. Something the locals in Corvallis, Oregon, knew to be the spirit of the forest. The breath of Corvallis, respiring like some colossal being. What does it mean? Help me over here. I find you terrifying. I like Sansby. How about you? Tell me about your father. The next day, the sun already high cast a flood of light upon Avery Park. Some pedicabs began to circulate, and the regular run of cyclists and joggers gaily arrived. A couple was going for a walk through a lonely path that cut through Avery Park. Suddenly, the young woman, raising her eyes, perceived something brown among the branches. She raised her hand astonished and disturbed. Then, uttering a scream, she let herself fall into the arms of her companion, 
who placed her on the ground. The Corvallis police, quickly summoned, unfastened an old man hanging to a branch by his suspenders. It was agreed that the deceased had hanged himself the evening before. The well-worn business card found upon him disclosed the fact that he was the bookkeeper for the D.M. Donaldson Corporation. They attributed his death to suicide, for which the cause could not be determined. Perhaps a sudden attack of madness. An adaptation of A Little Walk by Guy de Maupassant. This edition of The Spirit of the Forest was produced, recorded, and edited by Dan Grawl. A special thanks is in order for the voices in this episode, which include John Knight, Sarah Campbell, Eric Everhard, John Crawl, Pat Robertson, Neighbor Dale, Stepdad Dennis, and some unknown douchebag who left a voicemail that was at first unwelcome, but, as you heard, beautiful in its own right. Thanks also to the numerous voices who turned down a pedicab ride in mid-February of 2015. A special appreciation is offered to the late author Guy de Maupassant and his short story, A Little Walk. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Eric Everhard, who passed away shortly after the conversation on this episode, recorded on chatroulette.com. We'll miss you, Eric. Rest in peace. A special thanks also to the music project, Ubik. I'm Wings, Hempstead, Jason Allen Friedman. Until next time, so long. <laughs> <laughs>